This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you and welcome to the show. Let me take you back to 1950 for the radio series The Adventures of Maisie, a radio comedy series starring Anne Southern as an underemployed entertainer, Maisie Revier, based on a character created by Wilson Collision. Anne Southern was an American actress who worked on stage, radio, film, and television in a career that spanned nearly six decades. She began her career in the late 1920s in bit parts and films. And while visiting her mother in California, she won a role in the Warner Brothers review, The Show of Shows, did a screen test for MGM and signed a six-month contract. She appeared in bit parts and walk-ons, but soon grew frustrated with only appearing in small roles. She then met Florence Ziegfeld at a party. Ziegfeld offered her a role in one of his productions. When MGM decided not to pick up her option, she moved to New York City to take Ziegfeld up on his offer. After years of struggling and appearing in supporting roles, Anne Southern found major success with Maisie. In 1939, MGM cast her as Maisie Revier, a brash yet lovable Brooklyn showgirl. The character, based on the Maisie short stories by Neil Martin, proved to be popular and spawned a successful film series, Congo Maisie, Gold Rush Maisie, Up Goes Maisie, etc., and a network radio series, too. Of the Adventures of Maisie, which we're going to enjoy tonight. In 1953, Southern moved into television as the star of her own sitcom, Private Secretary. The series aired for five seasons on CBS and earned her three Primetime Emmy Award nominations. In 1958, she starred in another sitcom for CBS, The Ann Southern Show, which aired for three seasons. From 1965 to 1966, Southern provided the voice of Gladys Crabtree, the title character in the sitcom My Mother the Car. In 1987, Southern appeared in her final film, The Whales of August, starring Bette Davis and Lillian Gish. Southern earned her only Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress for her role in the film. After filming concluded, she retired to Ketchum, Idaho, where she spent her remaining years before her death from heart failure in March 2001. Lucille Ball, whom she appeared alongside on Ball's program, The Lucy Show, on multiple occasions, called Ann Southern the best comedian in the business, bar none. The show popularized the 1940s catchphrase, likewise, I'm sure. (laughs) Here's the episode entitled, Dueling Actors. Hiya, babe. Say how about a little... Ah! Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. Maisie! 
remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you will hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, and Southern. But first, your announcer. Southern as Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the fella said. By profession, I'm in the theater, but I just quit my job as a showgirl because of the costumes. The producer wanted me to show too much girl. Anyway, hanging around theatrical agents' offices as much as I do, some of how they function has rubbed off on me. So I figured maybe I'd better try that way of starving, too. So last month, by luck, I ran into a handsome actor, Bill Maddox, who I thought had possibilities. I really thought Bill could become a star on the stage because he had good looks, was six feet two, and had the schmaltzy kindness of speaking voice that could give you goose pimples. The only thing Bill lacked was stage experience, so right away I took him to see the latest hit drama. I wanted Bill should get a load of how matinee idol number one, Ronaldo Gomez, performed so he could maybe learn a little something before I started lying about him to producers. But after we saw the great Ronaldo's performance and were coming out of the theater, me and Bill had our first argument. Bah! You call that acting, Maisie? I call it corn. Well, for your information, Bill Maddox, that corn brings Ronaldo Gomez $5,000 a bushel. You should act such corn. Not me, honey. I'm young yet. I'd like to live. Why, I've got more talent in my little finger than Gomez has in his whole body. Too bad women aren't interested in little fingers. They go for the whole man. Uh, if you could learn just half of what Ronaldo knows about acting, I could sell you to any producer. Maisie, don't tell me that you thought that love scene in the second act was good. Good? When Ronaldo gave Carlotta that passionate farewell kiss, my popcorn started shooting its way out of the bag. Oh, you women are all the same about these imported great lovers. Personally, to me, Ronaldo kissed the girl like he was playing a harmonica. Hmm. Should happen to me. All right, Bill. You're my client, and even though you are an actor, you can still have brains. What didn't you like about Ronaldo's performance? What about his overacting? Overacting? Mm -hmm. Why, I thought it was just super. I mean, especially in the death scene. How gladly he gave up his life for love. And then when he was shot, he died laughing. So did the audience. Oh, Bill, you're just like all men. Never give credit where credit is due. Oh, well, look, Miss Revere. If you don't think enough of my opinions, maybe I should get somebody else to keep me unemployed. Oh, oh no, no, Bill. I have absolute confidence that you can someday be a big star. Oh, thanks. And I know that if you listen to my advice, someday you'll have convertible cars, a yacht, penthouse apartment, and so much money you'll get bow-legged carrying it to the bank. Oh, God. Yeah, we're going to be the most successful artist-agent team in the world, Bill. Gee, 
You know, this million-dollar team should celebrate in style. Yeah, celebrate. <laughs> but, Maisie, that costs money. Ah, what's money? Come on. Where are we going? Into this drugstore and have a Coke. Gee, a Coke. Maybe you let me drink it out of your slipper. says this to the great Ronaldo Gomez. Not even you, the producer of this, you will pardon the expression, play. But the great Ronaldo was not superb in tonight's performance. Hey, look, Ronaldo, let's not kid ourselves. You've uh, been getting away with that public nervous breakdown you call acting for a long time now, but the public is starting to get wise. That's so. Did you see how many empty seats there were tonight? Empty seats? You want, I should notice, during my performance, the great Ronaldo is an artist. When I am acting, I'm acting, not bookkeeping. Well, I'm bookkeeping. There were 228 empty seats. 227. In the 12th row of the balcony, there was a midget. Mm. No wonder you have to be prompted on your lines. You're always counting the house during the performance to make sure you're not cheated on your percentage. You cannot say that to the great Gomez. The great Gomez is the greatest artist in the whole world. Yeah, who told you that? Nobody has to tell me. I admit it. Well... Since you're so honest, you've got to admit that you're not drawing them in like you used to. After all, don't forget the famous saying, you can fool some of the people some of the time, and you can fool all of the people some of the time. Who said that? But, uh, hmm? I said, who said that? Uh, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, it's too bad he isn't leaving. I would challenge him to a duel like I did in my own country. Now, please, handle me my hat. Oh, sure, Ronaldo, here. You're going right home, I hope. No. First, I go to the drugstore next door to make a purchase of one stamp. I write to my friend in Brazil. He should send me the newspaper clipping about the duel I have made with that critic. There is one thing I must find out. You mean if he dies? No, if he spells my name right. We're closing the store up in a few minutes, folks. Uh, you want another Coke? Oh, that's silly, clerk. Me and Bill haven't finished this one yet. Yeah, you see, my agent here don't usually order a Coke for the two of us, but tonight, we're celebrating. Oh, oh, sure. I, I just knew this was some festive occasion. <laughs> that's right. That's why I ordered a large one. But you can be a pal-pal and bring another straw. Another? Uh, why, chum? Expecting a friend to join you? No. I want to beat out my brains with signing up with her for my agent. Why, Bill, that's a nasty thing to say. I raised your prices and acted, didn't I? Oh, that you did. But you didn't get me any work. I know. But I have faith in you, Bill. I know you've got talent. But, Maisie, I've heard rumors that the thing is for the producers to become aware of me. <gasps> well, that's a wonderful idea. I, I said something when I wasn't listening? Yeah. What you need is publicity. And I'm going to get it for you. I'll have your name in headlines in all the papers. But to do that, you've got to have connections with newspapers. Do you know any reporters or editors, Maisie? Oh, do I know any reporters or editors? Do I know any reporters or editors? Well, do you? Please don't interrupt. I'm trying to remember. Well, while you're trying to remember, i got to call my boarding house to see if any offers came in from other agents. Well. Uh, doll. Uh, got a nickel for the phone? Sure, doll. Here. I always save some money for emergencies. Thanks. Be right back. Service! Clerk! 
Cyrus, at once. Uh-oh. My day is now complete. Here comes that South American meathead, Ronaldo Gomez, again. Ronaldo Gomez? Yeah. Oh, he looks like such a skinny thing in person. What happened to all those muscles? <laughs> Must have left them in his other suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a pest. He's always coming in here just before closing and buys himself a dime's worth of nickels for a phone call. Lark, come here at once. The great Ronaldo would like to purchase the stamp. Oh, look, a stamp. Well, it's a good thing I didn't close up earlier. I would have missed out on all this business. <laughs> Pardon me, customer mine. Can't keep Ronaldo waiting. Gets as mad as a hornet, you know. Oh, well, all act is a temperamental. Mm, not like Ronaldo, chum. With him, it's 90% temper and 10% mental. If I don't give him quick service with a smile, he gets so mad, he challenges me to a duel. A duel? Yeah. Clark! Duel. Duel. Oh, you've just given me a great publicity idea. Huh? Bill told me he studied swordsmanship at college. Oh, a smart move on your boyfriend's part, lady. Sure is a great market for a guy who can use a sword. Might even get himself a job in the parks picking up papers. Well, no, I mean, if Bill and he would duel, it'd get in all the papers. Yeah, could be. And maybe Ronaldo would get killed. See, that's a beautiful thought. Uh, of course, those dueling characters first have to be insulted by a fella. And, and ain't it usually over a woman? A stamp, please. Ronaldo would like a stamp. Yes, Tom, coming up. Oh, say, miss, where you going? Son, you just hired a new stamp saleswoman. The kind that insults mighty easy. Oh, I get it. Your boyfriend interferes. Gomez challenges him to a duel. Mm -hmm. And then... And for further details, consult your morning newspapers. Goodbye now. Sorry, sorry, miss. I've never seen to their best customer, too. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry to have kept you waiting, Mr. Gomez. What can I do for you? Hey, oh, senorita. <laughs> <laughs> you are here, the clerk, huh? Uh, si, si, senor. They've been doing such a busy stamp business in this drugstore, they just had to put on extra help. Oh, good. <laughs> I am in a large hurry. One stamp, please. Oh, <clears throat> well, yes, sir. You're lucky because we just got in some fresh this morning. Uh, how about a nice airmail stamp, sir? They're six cents. Uh, no, I want a plain stamp for three cents. Oh, you don't care to go that high, huh? Well, how about a nice five-cent stamp, then? Uh, senorita, all I want is for three cents a stamp. I wish to write a letter, and I am in a hurry. Oh, well, in that case, our airmail is just the thing. It gets there much faster, you know. All you do is write the letter, lick the stamp. Senorita, you are making me mad, like anything. Do you want me to lose my temper entirely? Well, not just yet, senor. That is better. Now, one three-cent stamp. Please. Yes, sir. What kind of stamp? American or Egyptian? Miss, please, sell me a stamp and stop being such a pest. Pest? Well, I like that I really do. I have never been so insulted in my life. Bill? Oh, Bill? Oh, great. Ronaldo insults you, senorita, but this, this is cannot be. In my country, the man who insults a lady is shoot down like a dog. Well, say your prayers, lassie. You call me, Maisie? Yes, my hero. This beast, this monster... He insulted me. Well, aren't you going to say something to him? Hello. Oh, senor. You do not know me, eh? Not like I know you. Bill, this man doesn't know me. He doesn't? And he said I was a pest. 
He did? Yes. But, Maisie, I thought you said he didn't know you. Uh, Senor, I can explain. No, <laughs> Bill, this is your big chance, your big, big chance. Bill, I demand that you challenge this man to a duel. Pistols at 20 paces. A duel? Pistols at 20 paces? Uh, senorita, isn't this going a little too far? Well, all right, make it 10 paces. Uh, Maisie, I think it's silly to challenge a perfect stranger to a silly old duel. <laughs> Don't mind her, Mr. Uh, uh... Gomez, Senor the Great. Ronaldo Gomez. You mean... You? This little shrimp is what's left of that ham Gomez after that stage costume is removed? Oh, no. <laughs> Senor, for that insult, I forget the great danger and challenge you to a duel. Oh, gosh, thanks, Senor. You're a sport. Okay, sonny, sure. A nice little duel, huh? Uh, what will it be? Spitballs at 20 paces? Well, you two decide. i got to make a phone call. This is a scoop for both of us. You laugh now, Senor. But tomorrow morning at sunrise, you will laugh from the other side of your face. If I decide to leave you another side, we shall fight with pistols at 20 paces. Oh, come now, Sonny. I was only kidding. Why, at 20 paces, I couldn't even see a tiny target like you. I may not be large like you, senor. But with the pistol, I am the best marksman in all of South America. You're kidding, aren't you? The last man I killed in my own country said to me just like that. You were actually killed a man? Dead. Like anything. Like anything. I shoot him right between the eyes. And believe me, between that sneak's eyes, there was very little room. Adios, senor. Until tomorrow. At dawn. Adios, senor. If I'm not there, just uh, go ahead without me. Well, it's all said, Bill. I just called up the newspapers. What for, Maisie? To put my name in the obituary column? Oh, no, silly. I told them that you just challenged the great actor, Ronaldo Gomez, to a duel. They're going to have reporters and photographers down tomorrow morning. Tomorrow, your face will be spread all over. The rest of me will be spread all over, too. Maisie, why did you get me into this? Well, for publicity, you dope. You want people the world over to read your name, don't you? Yeah, but not on a tombstone. Oh, don't be silly, Bill. Gomez won't really go through with it when he sees your mean business. You want to bet? He's the best shot in South America. He is. But, but, but he wouldn't want to kill a man. Why not? One more or less shouldn't make any difference to him. You mean he already, with a gun, bing bang? Yeah, already, once before. Bing bang. Maisie, I'm going to faint. Catch me. You catch me, Bill. Remember, ladies first. The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment. Maisie. 
Look, Mr. Gomez, I know you think I came up to your hotel and woke you so early in the morning because I'm afraid to die, but <laughs> there's one thing I must tell you. Ah, that you are not a little bit scared, senor, eh? No, I'm a whole lot scared. So am I, Ronaldo. You can't kill this man in a duel. It'd be bad publicity for our show. The honor of the great Ronaldo has been insulted. and The only way the insult can be wiped out is with blood. But gosh, Ronaldo, I don't like to be killed. It's so, well, it's so unhealthy. Yes, why do you have to go whole hog on this, Ronaldo? Wouldn't that pesky honor of yours be satisfied if you made a tiny bullet hole in Maddox? Say, uh, right here, maybe? No, that would not satisfy me. Me neither. I'd look sort of conspicuous going around with three nostrils. Hey, Ronaldo, I forbid you to go through with this silly duel. You, you might get shot by accident, and I'd have to return the money for our advance sale. Money, 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 senor. There are more important things in this world than money. Now I know you're out of your mind. Uh, look, Ronaldo, if it's just your lousy honor that has to be appeased, I'm willing to make a public apology to the reporters. That will not do. I, uh, uh, reporters. From the newspaper? Well, yes. Maisie arranged to have them witness the duel this morning with cameras and everything. The whole thing was just supposed to be a stunt for publicity. Publicity? For free? Yeah. I can see the headlines now. Bill Maddox in He Fought for His Honor. Absolutely his last performance. Yeah, but that's a wonderful idea, Maddox. It's, it's out of this world. Yeah, but I don't want to be out of this world. I'd like to stay in it for a while. Yeah, I mean terrific publicity for no money, for our show, for Ronaldo. See, I will be magnificent like never before in front of the cameras. Senor Beal, I will shoot you left-handed. That is my much more better profile. Uh, nothing doing. I'm calling this whole thing off. I'm starving to death slowly, I know, but uh, I don't mind. I'm in no hurry. Yeah, but you won't have to be shot, Maddox. We can use blank bullets in the guns. Look, I'll make all the arrangements for the duel. We'll put it on this morning in the alley behind the theater. In time to make the morning papers. That ought to fill the house for today's matinee. Well, I'll see you later, fellas. Come, Senor Bill. Amigo. <laughs> Sit down. Have some breakfast. Ah, you look so thin. You will make a difficult target to shoot today. Yeah, yeah. yeah with fake bullets, naturally. Oh, <laughs> look, Ronaldo, old pal, we mustn't tell anybody that this duel is going to be a phony. No one. Not even your agent, Senorita Revere. <laughs> Especially not Maisie. You see, pal, she thinks that you're the world's best actor. Ah, but does not everyone. <laughs> Tis futile, Maisie, dear heart. You cannot sway me from this little thing I need to do to avenge your fair name. Little thing? Bill, that little thing happens to be your life, and you ought to save it for your old age. You gotta go to Gomez and apologize. Apologize? Never, dear heart. Never, never, never. Oh, but Bill... Don't I... interrupt, please. Never, never, I say. Oh, I am not of a cowardly turn, my sweet. I have red blood in my veins. And if you want to keep it in there, you'd better call off this silly duel. Be not aggrieved, small one. Oh. This is not farewell forever. <laughs> when I am gone, I will still be with you. You shall have my ashes. Ashes? Oh, Bill. Cry not, oh, babe. This is merely au revoir for the nonce. We shall be together again 
in another world. But I don't want to be your agent in another world. This one I got contacts in. Tis my duty, Leechen, and I am glad. Glad to lay down my life that the honor of womanhood shall never be besmirched and trodden in the dust. Oh, Bill, that's so corny. Corny? You cried when Ronaldo Gomez said that in the play. Yeah, but that was because the man next to me was eating onions. Oh, that does it. In ten minutes now, I meet the best shot in the world in the alley behind the theater. And if you think Gomez knew how to die in the play, wait till you get a load of little Willie making his big exit. Goodbye. Uh, Oh, well, Maisie, you got just ten minutes to put a stop to this thing you dreamed up. Oh, jeepers. Why couldn't you sometimes use your head to think with instead of just to keep your ears from being too close together? Nine, ten. All right, gentlemen. Ready, aim, fire. Bing, bing, bang. Wonderful, gentlemen, wonderful. Now be sure you do it just as dramatically when the reporters get here. If they ever do get here, I'm getting tired from all this rehearsing. And I don't relish the idea of drenching myself with ketchup when I get shot. This is my only shirt. Yeah, that must be the newspaper reporters now. Get ready for the duel, gentlemen. The great Ronaldo is ready. Good, good. And Maddox, when you get shot, act like it. Put some life into your die. Okay, okay. Start counting. Okay. Very well, gentlemen. Remember, this is a duel for the honor of an American woman. And last but not least, to avenge the stain on the escutcheon of Ronaldo Gomez. The world-famous actor, now appearing at the 38th Street Theater in Blood is Thicker Than Water. Matinees, Wednesdays and Saturdays, with an all-sarcast. Uh, ready? One, two, three. Stop! Stop! You can't shoot, Bill. Oh, it's only you. Stand back, old fair maid, whose <sighs> fair name has been besmirched. The honor of thy name is, in sooth, at stake. Say, that is very good, amigo. Very good. Uh, but Bill... Oh, he shot me. I'm dying. Dying. Oh, Bill, that was just my bubble gum. Hey, look. The reporters, they've arrived. Hey, this way, gentlemen. Good. Stand back, senorita. You're in the way of the cameras. Well, um... Start counting, chum. Farewell, O oh, aged mind. This may, perchance, be the last performance of the world's best actor. Oh, but it can't be. I have a run of the play contract. Bill, Bill, you get killed. Look, nobody's getting killed in this duel. Those pistols have blanks in them. Does Bill know that? Sure he does. This whole thing's a gag to show you he can act. Oh, a gag, huh? Well, the nerve of him, scaring me out of my wits just for laughs. Well, I'll show that man just how much I think of him. Wait, George, start counting for the duel. They're coming down the alley now. Okay. Ready, gentlemen? One, two... Hold on there. We got a tip something's going on here. You ain't kidding, fellas. Gentlemen of the press, Bill Maddox goes now to fight for the fair name of fair womanhood. Yes, and you reporters, be sure to get it all. Reporters? We're detectives. You detectives? Oh, but you can't be. Last night I called the newspapers, not the cops. They call us and said there's going to be a duel. Yeah, two actors are going to kill each other. 
We came over to stop it anyway. Orders is orders. No reporters. No pictures. <laughs> wasted all this time. Well, you'll have a lot more time to waste, bud. You're going to jail. Both of you. Oh, but, but, but you can't take Bill to jail. He's my only client. And we've got a matinee to do. I cannot go to jail. My contract forbids it. We haven't broken any law. These guns are loaded with blanks. Yes, blanks. Yeah, yeah. Sure, it was a publicity stunt, officer. Just for laughs. <laughs> guns not loaded with bullets, huh? Well, sure not, and I can prove it. Uh, uh, go ahead, Bill. Shoot me. Yeah, that'll prove it. Shoot, Maddox. Sure. There. See, officer? Only a blank. Oh, yeah? Miss, were you wearing open-toed shoes? No. Well, you're wearing them now. Oh, my goodness. I've been killed. She fainted. Oh, oh. oh Maisie, darling, speak to me. Speak to me. Oh, Bill. Before I go, there's one thing I must tell you. Yes, Maisie. What is it? You owe me four bucks for a new pair of shoes. In just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. again, here's Maisie. Well, for a moment there, I really thought I was going to kick the bucket. And the way my foot feels right now, I ain't sure I didn't. Gosh, if Bill had been a little better shot, I might have gone, well, where agents go when they die. Anyway, I, I saw Ronaldo's producer was impressed with Bill's acting. So when I got him alone, I convinced him that an actor with Bill's talent should get $100 a week, no more and no less. And that's what the producer decided to pay him. The only trouble was, um, I didn't know that just before he'd offered Bill 200 <laughs> So I had a heart-to-heart -heart talk with Bill, and he told me he didn't know what he could do without me, but he sure wanted to try. So there goes my first and last client. Well, got to get to a doctor with his foot. Gosh, from now on, it ain't going to be easy getting around with my big toe in a sling. You have just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Peter Leeds, Gerald Moore, Sidney Miller, Frank Nelson, and Jerry Hausner. John Heaston speaking. <laughs>
Stay tuned for Duffy's Tavern next on Theater of the Mind. Time now to check in with Archie the bartender at Duffy's Tavern, where the special guest is Mickey Rooney. Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Where do you leave me to eat? Archie the mind you speaking. Duffy ain't here. Hello, Duffy. Uh, tonight, uh, Mickey Rooney. Yeah, that's the guy. Short, freckled, blonde hair, pug nose. <laughs> sort of a Van Johnson at half mass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a guy and In fact, they tell me when two grasshoppers meet One says to the other I ain't seen you since you was knee-high to Mickey Rooney <laughs> That's right, his size is a bit of a problem, too, you know Especially in Hollywood Well, you know, he's too short to be a lover And too tall to be a producer <laughs> Uh, coming down to the tavern tonight to star in a new television show I'm writing. Uh, television, Duffy, you know, uh, TV, or uh, as they call it in the trade, uh, voodoo. <laughs> huh? Well, Duffy, let me put it this way. You know the saying, uh, vaudeville is dead? Well, television is where you watch the funeral. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think, Duff, uh, Duffy, I think Looney should be great for television. Well, sure, you know, uh, they got them little seven-inch screens. <laughs> He's a natural. <laughs> well, look, Duffy, I'm busy now. I'll call you back. Uh, hey, Archie, what's this about you writing a television program? That's right, Miss Duffy. I'm going to get into television while it's still in its infancy. What are you trying to do, stun its growth? <laughs> Besides, what do you know about writing television? What's to know? I wrote radio plays. Uh, television is exactly the same, except you dub in the faces. <laughs> well, if you take my advice, you'll forget television and stay right here where you got a steady job and a security of $15 every week. <laughs> you call that security, Miss Duffy? I've had me back to the wall so long, the handwriting is on me. <laughs> Now, look, Miss Duffy, I, uh... Oh, 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 Miss Duffy. Oh, hey, did you hear him? Hey, did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason you shouldn't hear it twice. <laughs> you read two newspapers, don't you? Uh, Eddie, may I repeat? Yeah, uh, go ahead. Hear the news, Archie's writing for television. Mm, ain't they having enough trouble? <laughs> look, don't laugh television off, Eddie. It's a big thing, and... In fact, I often wonder how people ever got along without it. I don't know. Just lucky, I guess. <laughs> Eddie, from the tone of your inference, I gather you don't like television. Oh, it's all right while well, you're sitting at a bar watching it. <laughs> Just that I don't like the after effects. <laughs> you mean the eye strain. No, the hangover. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Eddie. Personally, I'll still take radio. Radio? Miss Duffy, I see you're still living in the Middle Evil Ages. <laughs> Why don't you get up to date and realize that the future always progresses the past? We've got to advance. The television is to radio what the caliper is to the old-fashioned slide rule. What does that mean? With a thought that deep, one does not stop to analyze <laughs> Well, tell me, deep one. <laughs> Who's going to act in this show of yours? 
Only Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney! Now, look, lay off. I need him for the show, and there ain't enough of them to go around. <laughs> You're so both put out of here, I'd like to finish the script. Now, let's see. Uh, act two. Our hero enters. He's a man of the world. Handsome. Dashing. Debonair. An amused smile plays about his intelligent face. <laughs> he speaks. <laughs> Hello, Finnegan. Uh, what you doing? I'm uh, writing a play uh, for uh, TV. <clears throat> That's nice. TV who? <laughs> it ain't a who, Finnegan. Uh, TV is uh, slang for the idiom, uh, Oh. In other words, uh, well, what is it that people go into the living room for every night and turn out the lights and uh, watch for hours? The dame next door. <laughs> oh, no. Look, I'm talking about a different kind of entertainment, television. Oh, oh, oh God. Uncle Louie's got one of them things. Oh, yeah? You like to watch it? Well, I can't make up my mind, Arch. I don't get to see much of it, thanks to me sister. How come? Well, Uncle Louie's set's got a seven-inch screen, and me sister's got a 12-inch head. <laughs> well, in that case, why don't you sit in front of your sister? That's where me Uncle Horace sits. <laughs> well, if he's sitting in front of her, how can she see? Well, she can see. You know Uncle Horace. Oh, yeah, the one with the hole in his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He thinks television is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, by, yeah, by the way, uh, what's this television show that you're writing on? Well, it's sort of a soap opera. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't use that word. Opera? No, soap. <laughs> Every time I mention that word around the house, my old man washes me mouth out with dike. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what. To make your old man happy, I'll change it. I'll write a third opera. Oh, again. Hi, Arch. Well, Joe Moran. Hey, Joe, you're a radio guy. What do you think of television? I don't know. I don't drink. <laughs> I think I'll send that to Fred Allen. But uh, I asked you a question. Uh, well, frankly, Arch, I think television is going to kill the motion picture business. <laughs> I thought the motion pictures did that themselves. <laughs> That's very, very funny. Mind if I send that to Fred Allen? Where do you think I got it? <laughs> well, uh, anyway, when I'm driving that, Joe, you know I'm uh, writing a television show. Oh? Well, when does it start? Well, as soon as I find a sponsor. Uh, a sponsor, huh? Yeah, you know, a censor with money. <laughs> <laughs> well, any chance of a job in this show, Arch? Acting? Yeah. Well, it could be, but uh, would you mind first giving me an audition? Oh, not at all. I'd like to make sure that you can run the gimlet of emotions. <laughs> uh, now, now uh, let me see you uh, register, for instance, uh, love. You know, like Charles Boyer. You know. Okay. Uh, toujours l'amour, Trouchet. Uh, uh, had they come with me to the drugstore, I will shower you with Trouchet. The creamy, fragrant hand lotion that keeps hands feeling smoother, looking lovelier. This is the hottest lover since Lanny Ross. <laughs> Look, Joe, uh, try another one. See what you can do with sorrow. Okay, get a load of this. 
Oh, please. Don't take away my bottle of Truchet. What would I do without it? It's different from other hand lotion. Because it has a unique beforehand extra that protects hands from chapping. Well, how's that for sorrow, Arch? Pretty sorry performance. <laughs> Would you like to try for fright? Okay. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. As long as Suchet is on your hands, before you do dishes or go outdoors, you guard it against chapping. Water chapping as well as weather chapping. Well, Arch, how was that for fright? <laughs> Frightful. <laughs> well, Arch, you mean my acting leaves something to be desired? It leaves something, Joe, but it ain't to be desired. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Excuse me, Joe. Eddie, Eddie, look who just come in. Mickey Rooney. What? There, walking in under the swinging doors. <laughs> Eddie, watch me flatter the guy. <laughs> well... Jerry Cooper. Now, <clears throat> how are you, tall in the saddle? <clears throat> wait a minute, wait a minute, just a minute, Arch. I'm Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. That's well, it. how time flies upwards. Uh, <laughs> tell me, Mick, uh, what's new with you? I don't know. I haven't read the gossip columns today. <laughs> Gotta send that to Fred Allen <laughs> Well, Mick, it certainly is good to have you down here to the tavern Tell me, uh, how come you never visited us before? Well, up to now, Arch, my studio has been very strict with me Yeah, huh? Uh, what do you mean? Well, my contract says I can't bail out of a plane, jump into a volcano, or go over Niagara Falls in a barrel, or be seen in Duffy's Tavern <laughs> Think I'll send that one to Milton Burl <laughs> Tell me, Mickey, uh, speaking of television, as we do in circles, uh, <clears throat> is it true that uh, true what they say in Hollywood? Uh, what's that? Uh? That the movie business is falling apart? Arch, if things get any worse, the studios are going to produce the popcorn and hand out the pictures in the lobby. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Things are pretty desperate out there in Hollywood, huh? Desperate? Do you want to know a secret? What? Do you know what they're planning to do? What? Turn out good pictures. <laughs> no. Mick, they wouldn't dare. It's the last resort. Mm. Well, I guess what they say is true. There's no business in show business. Uh, <laughs> but you're a trooper, Mick. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Uh, incidentally, how did you ever start in show business anyhow? Well, that goes back a long time, Arch. You see, when I was a baby, Mom and Dad wanted to find out what I was best suited for. Uh -huh. <laughs> so right after I was born, they had the nurse give me a test. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. On one side of me, she put a doctor's satchel, and on the other side, a lawyer's briefcase. What did you reach for? The nurse. <laughs> I see, so uh, they decided to make you an actor then, huh? Yeah, yeah that's right. I, I went into vaudeville with my mom and dad. Yeah, huh? How old was you then? Uh, two years old. Two years. And what'd you do before that? <laughs> Well, Arch, to tell the truth, I just loafed a little bit. <laughs> but those were the days, good old vaudeville, the Chinese jugglers, the tightrope walkers, uh, Weber and Fields. Yeah, <laughs> Gallagher and Sheen. 
Hammock and Schlemmer. <laughs> I used to love them acts. You know, I often wonder whatever happened to them corny old portable jokes. You really want to know? Yeah. I sent them to Fred Allen. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was just... Well, Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> and again, it's Mickey Rooney. Oh, it's just Edward G. Robinson. I'm telling you, it's Mickey Rooney. Okay, we'll ask him. Hey, bud, who are you? Never mind who I am, Shay. I'm the fellow that asked the questions around here, see? This is my territory, see? Ah! Ah! <laughs> You're right, Arch. It's Mickey Rooney. <laughs> hey, Mickey, here's an idea. Them dialects of yours, they're perfect for television. Me, me, Arch, on, on television? Well, certainly. You see, the way I figure it, them uh, television audiences are uh, tired of wrestling and hockey. They're, they're crying for something else to get tired of. Uh... <laughs> well, uh, tell me, what are you going to give them? You. <laughs> now, how would you like to play the lead in a daytime soap opera? How would you like a poke in the eye with a sharp stick? <laughs> now, look, don't make no hasty decisions. There's room for good acting in television, you know. It's... It's a medium where, if anything is well done, it's rare. <laughs> you can send that one back to Pick and Pat, too, can <laughs> Look, Mick, please, don't be jovial about this. You've got your future to think of. You know, uh, you've been around a long time now, and you ain't getting no taller, kid. <laughs> now, please, uh, don't pass this up. Don't be a schmo, you know, there's a... A lot of room in television for tall, handsome, good-looking types like yourself. Ah, that did it. The schmo must go on. <laughs> well, Mickey, did you read the me television script? Yeah. Uh-huh. What'd you think of it? It should happen to Butch Jenkins. <laughs> We're saving him for the Hardy family. Look, this, uh, <laughs> this thing just, uh, this thing just, uh, it just looks bad on paper. Uh, where do you hear it? <laughs> now, uh, leave us run through it. You see, in the first scene, you play a married man. By the way, you've been married, ain't you? <laughs> Arch, pound for pound, I'm the most married guy in Hollywood. <laughs> That'll help you handle a part. Now, uh, you're the husband, uh-huh. and uh, Finnegan is your rival. Finnegan is the rival. I say, well, who finally wins the girl, Archie? Uh, you do, the husband. Who plays the girl? You do. I'll play the rival. Mitch, <laughs> in television, they all look like that. Uh, okay, we'll, uh, we'll switch it around. You play the rival, Mickey. Now, places, everybody. Uh, Mr. Melnick, uh, Frampere, please. Thank you. Okay. Now, Eddie, uh, you exit from the left and read the opening announcement there. Ladies and gentlemen, to those of you who are watching this television program at home, I say greetings. And to those of you who are watching it in bars, I say order double. You'll need it. Please, just read what's wrote there, will you? Now, the director of our voodoo playhouse, Mr. Cecil B. D'Archie, our head, the head billion. Hey, hey, dude. 
Thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Tonight... Tonight we bring you another episode in the true life story of lovable old John and his pretty young wife, lovable old Mary. <laughs> A story that asks the question, can two people in love find happiness? As our scene opens, John, a brilliant young banker, unexpectedly returns home from his office to find his wife, Mary, making love to the Iceman. <laughs> A typical American family. <laughs> As our story begins, we find lovable old Mary speaking to lovable old John. What's the idea coming home so early, you jerk? <laughs> Uh, good evening, Mary. Uh, Mary, don't think me suspicious, but why is that Derby hat hanging in the hallway? Uh, I'm taking trombone lessons. <laughs> well, uh, what about them ice tongs on the couch? Ice tongs? Uh, I borrowed them from a neighbor. I lost my eyebrow tweezers. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mary, would you think me suspicious if I just asked one more question? What is it? What are you doing on the Iceman's lap? John, you mean you put two and two together? Uh, yeah, and it adds up to... Uh, uh, four? I'm sorry, John, but I've loved him for years. I've loved him, do you hear? Uh, you mean all this time you've been cold to me? You've been warming up to the Iceman? John, John, let's be civilized about this. Let's not make a scene of it, shan't we? Uh, Mary, it's too late. we got to have a showdown. Iceman, tell me, do you love Mary? I'm asking you. Speak now or forever hold my wife. Mickey, that's your cue. Give out with a love scene, like Clark Gable. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, give him the cue again. Uh, Iceman, do you love my wife? All right. All right, you ask him. I'm going to tell you, sure, I love your wife. I love her, do you hear? That's the way it is, and that's the way it's going to be, brother. Why, you, you cat, take your cold hands off of her. John, I'm afraid it's too late. You mean... His hands are no longer cold. <laughs> and I'm leaving you. Do you hear? <laughs> you, you might as well be a man about this, lovable Judd. I'm taking Mary away with me. Away, do you hear? The uh, lovable old Mary... Is this true? Yes, lovable old John. <laughs> this is the end. The bitter? The bitter. <laughs> uh, well, it had to happen to somebody. Good luck to you. Well, so long, sucker. I hope there's no hard feelings. <laughs> sucker, huh? Little does he know I didn't pay the ice bill. <laughs> Thank you. 
And now, now that Mary has run away with the Iceman, what will happen to John? Will he find new happiness with the refrigerator? <laughs> Only time will tell. But first, a word from one of our sponsors. Folks, as you know, we celebrate National Eat a Plate of Rutabagas Week. <laughs> For robust and vigorous health, try Colucci Rutabagas, the Rutabaga with the pedigree. <laughs> One single helping of Colucci Rutabagas contains more iron than the double bed spring. <laughs> and it's twice as delicious. <laughs> so remember, if it's iron that your system lacks, fill your stomach with rutabaga. And listen to the clink. <laughs> and above all, remember our sponsor's jingle. A. Avocado. B. Boiled potatoes. C. Succotashes. And B. C. And folks, back to our smell of vision. Uh <laughs> I'll ignore it. <clears throat> and now back to our story. The scene is 20 years later. Lovable old John has sank lower and lower. He has tried everything to forget. He's drifted from job to job. Western Union boy. Song plugger. Lighthouse keeper. General in a South American army. But all the time his mind was elsewhere. In desperation, he finally tried the want ads. And that was how John became a doctor. As luck would have it, Mary, in the meantime, had became a nurse. Our next scene is in the hospital. The head of this hospital is the famous Dr. Gillespie, played by Mickey Rooney. That's you. I, I thought I was the Iceman. We're short of actors. As our scene continues, there is a patient waiting on the operating table as Dr. Gillespie speaks. Now, see here, Nurse Mary... I want you to prepare this patient for surgery. It looks like it's going to be a very delicate operation. Then, then only you can operate, Dr. Gillespie. You, with those skillful, highly trained, sensitive surgeon's hands. Will you do it? No, hang it all. On my last operation, I seem to have sewed my fingers together. <laughs> then, then who will operate? I'll find out, nurse. Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> I say, is there a doctor in the house? Oh, I am a doctor. <laughs> you, uh, you are a doctor? Uh, yes. I am lovable old Dr. John. <laughs> nice, have you got the scalpel? Yes, doctor. What does it read? His <laughs> uh, temperature is down to 108. 108? That's pretty low. We better put him back in the sun. <laughs> uh, but first, let me look at the patient. Me, Hossifats. He can't be. Who? My rival. The Iceman. Yes. There was the Iceman on the operating table. <laughs> Lovable old Dr. John's hated rival that had took his wife away. What should John do? What would you do? In Dr. John's trembling hand was a scalpel. Sharp as a surgeon's knife. <laughs> One tiny slip of this scalpel, and the operation might be a success. 
Dr. John moves slowly toward the operating table. He looks down at his helpless victim, his mind racing blindly. Slowly, he raises his scalpel. And then... But first, a word from my sponsor. <laughs> well, if you sticking on kicking the bucket, <laughs> see Captain, it's the smiling undertaker. Ask him about his free trial plan. <laughs> Only 20 easy payments. Folks, here's your chance to drop dead and save money. <laughs> and remember our slogan, have a cavendish funeral while you are still young enough to enjoy it. <laughs> and now, back to our television play. Thank you, Eddie Green. <laughs> Scalpel poised in midair, Dr. John hesitates as he faces the most momentous decision of his life. He thinks of Mary and the Iceman. And words from the past streak up to a sub-unconsciousness. <laughs> I'm taking Mary away with me. Away, do you hear? Yes, John, and I'm leaving you. Do you hear? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. John, snap out of it. Uh, uh, what's the matter, Doctor? Hearing voices? Yeah, but don't worry. I hear them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, have you made up your mind, my boy? Will you operate? Uh, yes. Even though the Iceman is my hated rival... Oh, it's still operating. Ah, uh, stout fellow. Doctor? Yeah? Shall I boil the instrument? No, let's just fry him for a change. <laughs> Dr. John? Yes? Dr. John, we'd better hurry. The patient seems to have trouble with his breathing. I'll soon put a stop to that. <laughs> Quick, nurse. Quick, ether. Ether. Ah, oh, that clears me head. <laughs> Now, now, give some to the patient. <laughs> Dr. Gillespie? Yes. Sponge. Sponge. Cotton. Cotton. Scissors. Scissors. Ouch. Sorry. <laughs> Bandage. Bandage. It's a tense moment. Dr. John begins the operation. First, he sutures the hemostat. <laughs> then, his sensitive fingers working swiftly but carefully, he stitches a hole in the epidermis and skewers up the dorsal fin. <laughs> Finally, Dr. John speaks. Uh, gentlemen, the patient will walk again. You mean the operation was a success, my boy? Yep, but I never seen a waste case of tonsils. <laughs> oh, oh, Dr. John, you're wonderful. Well, I did. Wait, that voice. Nice. Take off that mask. But I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> Mary, it's you! <laughs> I hope you'll be with me next week as I uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. Stay tuned for Ziggy and Stardust next on Zoomer Radio. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.